Well, yesterday afternoon about um, 2.30, I thought Jesus was going to be singing that song to me. We was car shopping, and I just, I just soon take three beatings and have two teeth pulled without anesthetic than to buy a car. And so yesterday morning, or yesterday afternoon, we were sitting there, and Tammy got up and went to the restroom while we was at the dealership. And I told the salesman, I said, now look, I said, I'm a minister. In about 30 minutes, remind me of that. And he said, why? I said, because if you make me mad, remind me that I'm a minister <laughs> before I make a fool of myself in here. But we bought it, and nobody made a fool of theirself, and so it was a good day. Um, y'all have a good week? Really? Did y'all really? Y'all didn't sound convincing from where I'm standing. Did y'all have a good week? Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I'm excited about today. You know, um, we're, we're our second weekend. We're talking about um, I love my church and what that means. And today, I, I really believe today is a real critical point and a pivotal point for us in I love in my church. And because what we're going to be talking about is um, fences. And so we have a fence up here. It's not a lemonade stand unless Brother Frank's preaching and then he gets long winded. We have to sell lemonade halfway through. But um, today it's just a fence. And so um, fences. How many of y'all grew up watching old westerns? Remember when they started putting fences up and it started range wars? Remember? That was before fences. And why did they put fences up? To stop the free range cattle and, and divide property and stuff like that. And so then it started as barbed wire fences. But now we've moved into privacy fences, kind of like this. And, you know, some of them are this high, some of them are six foot high. Like if you're the apartments between um, the apartments by mine, my dad's house, it's eight foot high. And it don't do any good whenever the apartments are three stories high. So it's a waste of time to put an eight foot fence. But, but you have fences, right? And so what do these fences do? They're designed to keep things out and to keep things in, right? So we got kind of a definition of a fence. It's either to keep things out or keep things in. But then also, I believe a lot of fences, um, I had a lawn business for, for several years, and you would drive up and you would see some yards in the front and they would be pristine. I mean, they'd be perfect. You know, I can remember my mom telling me about a lady that lived here on Four Road, and she had told my mom, she said, you always keep your yard neat because that's what people see first. And so you drive up in some of these subdivisions, and the yards are perfect. But then when you walk through that wood gate into the back, what do you see back there? The grass is taller. There's toys. There's, there's um, swing sets. It's a dumpster dive in a lot of them in the backyard. And so even when I was cutting grass, I never bid the yard off what I saw in the front. It's what I saw in the back because that's where you'd get your lunch ate on a yard sometimes. And so... And you think, well, what's that have to do with today? It has everything to do with today because what's our lives like? We have fences, don't we? We have what we walked in with this morning, if we get real honest. There's some of us that walked in this morning, and we put on that perfect Sunday school face. You know, the face that we want everybody to see when we walk in the church to make sure we have it together, right? Now, let's get real because we do it. But then what I want to talk about is what's behind this fence. Because once we expose what's behind this fence in our lives, that's when we're going to love our church. And let me remind you, we're not talking about the walls. We're talking about the people within this building. And so we have to get vulnerable 
And none of us like to be at that point. None of us like to let people know our garbage. None of us like to let people... Because just like yesterday, I mean, I don't... That's one of the things I put off. I will drive to the wheels fall off before I have to go to a car dealership. Because they're going to see a side of Johnny that a lot of people don't get to see because you're starting to deal with my money. You know? And just like yesterday, we had negotiated on a price. We pulled up. We walked in. We sat down. He walked out with that little funny piece of paper that they scribble on and make you sign saying that you're okay with that number. And it was $1,000 more what we'd agreed on. Well, you know what? That's my $1,000. That's not your $1,000. And so Tammy looked at that paper and she sunk because she knew we was going to walk out and we was going to leave. But they quickly adjusted and, and we danced and, and we got what, what I wanted, at least right then. And so this morning when we talk about fences and we talk about getting real, you know, there's a scripture that I'm going to read. And you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews 10. We're going to be in Hebrews 10. But, you know, as you, as you turn there and as you read this, you know, I want to, you know, set the stage a little bit so you understand. Because pre-Jesus dying on the cross, what had to happen? You had these priests that would go behind this big curtain and they would atone for your sins. They would ask for forgiveness of your sins and all of this. And, you know, that curtain, what happened to that curtain? You know, it got torn. Why did it get torn? Because God was saying, you don't need this no more because my son's blood has washed all over everybody that will accept it. And I think that's a hard fact for some of us to really grasp is just how much God loves us. This reckless love that we sang about in that song. You know, that song tells us that he done it for you because he, he goes after the one. So when he tore that, you know, and, and because I'm just that person, I had to look, all right, what did it really mean to tear that? That thing was about 60 foot tall and four inches thick. So me or you's not going to tear that. God tore that from top to bottom. You know, and so in Hebrews 10 is where we're going to start. Hebrews 10, it says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with a full assurance that faith brings having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, for he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up, meeting together, and as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Let's pray. Father, we just come to you right now, Father, and I just ask, Father, show us what it means to be a true community. Father, show us what it means to tear fences down. Father, and let people walk into our lives. Father, and to let people live with us in you every day. Not just on Sundays from 9.15 to 10.15. Not from 8 to 9 or 10.30 to 11.30, but every day, walking with you. Father, we love you. Father, we love you. In your son's name I pray. Amen. You know, whenever you look at these words and you talk about this, you know, Jesus literally tore that fence down, like I mentioned. Whenever he took that veil and he tore that veil, God was telling us, 
I love you. I want you. I'm doing this for you. I sent my son for you so that we can be walking together. We don't have to worry about somebody else once a year going to ask to forgive our sins. Every day, every day we can do that. Every day we can build our relationship with him. But we have to understand that, you know, for us, that fence, this fence might not be a physical wood fence. For us, what are we? We're born into sin. So sin is our fence. And for some of us, we have to start there. For some of us, we have to look and we have to say, God, forgive me of my sins. God, forgive me of what I've done wrong. Father, forgive me of the thoughts that I've had today. God, forgive me of what I've done to this person. For some of us, we have to start and say, God, forgive me. God, let me become your child. Father, become the father of my life and where I'll spend eternity with you. We have to start there. And once we've done that, then that fence is torn down between us and God. But then that's where the tire hits the road. We have to get real because we have to start tearing that fence down so that we can allow other, people's into, other people into our lives. Because remember what we talked about last week, that we're to love one another and that people's going to know our love for God by the way we love each other. And so if we're going to love one another and if we're going to let people see God's love in us, then what do we have to do? We have to take our fence down. And that's not easy, and that's not what we want to do because nobody wants people to see our backyards. Nobody wants us to, to do that. You know, it's a big deal. You know, if you start walking through relationships, you know, where do you start? I would venture to say that if I showed up at most people's houses, I might just be on the front porch for a little while. I might get through that front door into the living room. And that's the room that we kind of keep picked up and we kind of keep neater than the rest at the front door. But it's going to take a while for people to allow me into their backyard. You know, there's going to be a while for people to allow me and they say, all right, we want you to come sit with us and eat with us and we want to hang out in our backyard because I'm going to see your junk in your backyard. Or your friends are going to see your junk in your backyard. And so, you know, and you're thinking, well, that makes no sense, but it makes all the sense because all of a sudden, if I'm going to let Donnie or if I'm going to let Frank or if I'm going to let Mike into my backyard, I've got to expose myself. I have to let them know my weaknesses. I have to let them know that of what I, my struggles. And you can ask them, even this morning, we pray that God protects us as a staff because there's a Satan out there that is wanting to destroy church staffs today. And it's happening all around us. But for us to be able to ask for God to protect us, we have to get real with each other. You know, and then when you start branching out from that, but you know what? To let people in, we have to be willing to, to share those things. And, you know, I'll be real honest. I'll be the first one to tell you. You know, it kind of happens in ripples. I'll probably tell Donnie or Frank or Mike something before I'll tell Racy. And I love Racy, and I've known Racy since he was a little boy. But me and Racy aren't best friends. But yet, I let Racy into that circle. I'm, I'm not picking on you, Racy. You're my friend. Everybody else in here is panicked. What's he going to say about me now? <laughs> but you know, you see what I'm saying? And the closer we get to people, the more we let them into our life. And it's the same way with God. The closer we get to God, the more we let God into our life and the more that we start taking this fence that we've built and we start moving that fence and we start turning that fence. 
You know, and I went to a training a couple of years ago, and it said the best ministry happens at 39 inches. And I said, that makes no sense to me. And he was using it as an illustration of a fence. The best ministry happens when you can lean on your fence and talk to your neighbors. And you can start building community with them. You can start building love with them. Start building that, you know, the, what it takes to be in somebody's life. And it takes trust and it takes time. But you know what? Whenever you start looking at that and you start allowing, you know, what's he tell us in here? You know, go down to verse 25. And I want you to underline this or highlight this. And it says, not giving up meeting together. And there's preachers all over the place, and I've heard it myself lots of times through the years where they're talking about church on Sunday mornings. Don't give up on meeting on Sunday mornings. But I'm going to make it bigger for you. Not give up meeting during the week. Not give up on the day-to-day. Caden, can you flash the picture of the grow group one? You see which one I'm talking about? I don't know if you can see that picture real clear. That's our grow group, minus Miss Tammy. We took that picture Tuesday night, and Tammy, too, that's Mike's wife, was at a school conference, and she wasn't there. But, but that group right there, that's Clinton, Teresa Bankston, Paul and Malie Rue, me and my bride, and Mike and Tammy. And we meet weekly. That group has access to my life. And we prioritize that meeting. You know, we make sure, and it's not just to hang out because we dig into the Bible. We eat together every week, but we get into our Bible and we spend time in the Bible. And as we spend that time every week, we learn to trust each other and we learn to grow with each other. You know, and I want you to hear my heart and I want you to throw rocks at me. If I had to pick one thing for you today, if you say, you know something, Johnny Morgan, I'm only going to give you one thing. You know what I'd want you to give me? Sunny school or a grow group rather than worship service. Because real life is going to happen in them smaller groups. And then once you get in them smaller groups, this is going to be a byproduct in here. It's important. It's important to be in those small connected groups. You know, and just like this group, you know, we've been meeting for about two years and, and you know, and as we've met, we've grown together. And you know what? Whenever I have a crisis in my life, that's my text message that goes out is because I know they're going to live life with me. And I know they're going to stand in a gap with me. And so whenever we start tearing down our fences, it happens in group settings like that. You know? But then it goes on even more. And um, verse 24, back up one verse. Highlight or underline this. It says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on to love and good deeds. Underline or highlight consider. That word's real key right there. Let us consider how that we're going to do that. You know, whenever you start looking, and this is what I wrote for consider. Consider is to, to contemplate, to strategize. You know, it's just thinking of planning of like a successful birthday party. Have you ever brought kids to a birthday party and you show up and there's nothing to do? You just have kids running wild. And there's no games, there's no food, there's no nothing. It's just present time. But you know what? Whenever somebody does a successful birthday party, how do they do it? It's planned. They have games. They have stuff to keep people busy. And they have all that. It's the same way whenever we start tearing down a fence and we start living life together and we start living in grow groups and we start living in sunny schools and we start living in these friend groups and stuff like that. It's because we're, we're thinking, we're planning success. 
you know, whenever we start getting into other people's yards, it's not only going to take intentionality, like I mentioned last week, where we intentionally have to love somebody. We have to strategy. We have to have a strategy. You know, we have to have a plan to say, all right, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this to execute building community. And so whenever God tells us that we're to spur one another on and encourage one another, does it say that we're to tear each other down? Absolutely not. But we're to encourage one another. Now, sometimes that encouragement's not fun. You know, sometimes that encouragement's not just good words where, where I'll pat Mr. Hank on the back and say, you know, Mr. Hank, you've you done a good job this week. Sometimes that pat on the back might say, you need to tighten up. I love you, but you need to tighten your game up and encourage, and spur, and grow, and be intentional. Have that strategy to tear that fence down so that we can be all that God's calling us to be. Because I believe as sure as I'm standing here, whenever God tells us, I have a, a plan for you, and I want you to have a life of joy. For us to have that life of joy, we need to be willing to tear fences down. We need to be willing to live life together. We need to be willing to spend time together. Let's just get real honest right now. On a scale of 1 to 10, and you don't have to tell me your number, but on a scale of 1 to 10, how are you, 1 being the lowest, 10 being the highest, how do you rate yourself at being open with people? At really, really having even, let's just say, one friend. Hopefully everybody here has one friend. If you don't have one friend, if you don't have that one friend, Mr. Bobby Dale will be your friend. I'm volunteering him right now. But if you don't have that one friend or a group of friends that you say, all right, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm willing to be open with. Does that make sense? How do you fall on that? Some of us, if we got honest, we're a 1 because we don't want nobody in our business. We want to live life and just be a Lone Ranger. But even Lone Ranger had Tonto, so remember that. But we want to be that person that goes through life miserable by ourselves. And some of us, we might be the middle of the road. You know, I'll be honest, I'm on the higher end. I'm a little too transparent at times with people. But that's okay. Because God tells us to spur one another, to love one another, to consider how we're going to do it. He's telling us, you need to think about this. You need to think about what does it take to love me. What does it take, you know? And we, it's something that we need to realize. I wrote a couple of things down. We need to have healthy expectations. Uh, unhealthy expectations is that we'll know every single person in here and be best friends with everybody in here. That's, that's not even a, a realistic expectation. But a healthy expectations say, you know something, there's going to be two or three people I'm going to do life with. And then there's going to be five or six more that that I'm going to hang out with and bake cupcakes with. See, we have this cupcake ministry that's about to start. If you want to bake cupcakes, see my mom. That's a good, healthy ministry to hang out with. Was that a good commercial, Mom? It gets brownie points. That gets me lunch. But you know what? We need to have healthy expectations of how we're going to go through life. But then the other thing is, is we have to realize it's okay to take baby steps to get to that. Sometimes we jump all in, and I know I'm going to sound like I'm contradicting myself, but I'm not. Sometimes we jump all in and we tell too much, and all of a sudden we get hurt by people. So, you know, ease into those relationships, but be intentional. Consider what you're doing and have a strategy. 
you know. And then the last one is to take ownership, you know, take ownership. And what do I mean by that? Realize that it's not everyone else's job to be my friend. It's my job to be their friend. Does that make sense? But some of us, we want to sit, we want to complain. We we'll say, well, you know, nobody wants to be my friend. You know, we kind of get that Charlie Brown mentality whenever Lucy keeps pulling the football out. And we start shutting down. So whenever we read this scripture and we read this and we look at it, you know, and it says, and let us consider how to spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up, meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Worship's important. You know, I, I told you if, you, if you only said, you know, I've only got one hour a week, I'd rather have you in a small group. But if you've got two hours, worship's important. It's important to come in. It's important to come in and spend time together. It's encouraging for us to spend time together and to live life together. You know, when you, whenever we worship and you hear the words, you know, and this morning I couldn't help but think even as I was standing in the back and we talked briefly about it this morning as a staff when we was praying, just how blessed I am. And I could go for days and days and days, but tomorrow will be two years since I had two foot of water in my house. That changed my life. It changed my family's life. It changed 95% of this parish's life. Even if you didn't flood, it changed your life. But you want to know what? I give God all the glory and all the praise for putting out water in my house. As crazy as that sounds. But because of that, he's blessed me. And I had to allow people into my life that I typically wouldn't. And I had to allow people that walked up and handed me envelopes with money in it. That To this day, I can't tell you what church he come from in Texas or who he was. He drove up my driveway and he put his arm around my shoulder and he prayed with me and he handed me an envelope and got back in his truck and drove off. And because of that cash he handed me that day, I was able to go buy plywood to start putting in my house to fix it. And I'm giving him the glory for that because I don't know who it was, but God used somebody to start tearing the fence down in my life. Because I'll be honest with everybody, when it comes to money, I get not prideful, but proud, I guess is the word, because I want to raise my family, and I don't want outside help to do it. But at that moment in time, I had to have help. And God used them floodwaters to tear fences down in my life to allow God to work in me. So I have a different perspective on it now. But are we willing to do it? You know, are we willing to do it? I could have stood in my driveway that day and say, you know something, sir, there's somebody else that deserves this more. But I was obedient. And I just stood and let the man pray with me and moved on. And now today, two years later, Timmy's next husband is going to have a better house because it's remodeled, you know. And it's got fresh paint and it's got new floors and it's got new wood in it. And you think, what's that have to do with me? But it's just like this picture that's back here. This group, minus Tammy and Mike, because I didn't know them at the time. But God used this group, and he used lots of other people that would show up at our house with a tractor to haul stuff to the road. Or they would stand and just carry stuff out, not question why we was doing that. 
that fence got tore down on August 13th, 2016 for me. What's it going to take to tear your fence down? What's that one thing in your life that you're holding on to and you say, you know something, this is behind my fence and I'm not going to let you see it. This is behind my fence and it's none of your business. We have to learn how to tear that fence down and let people in, let God in. Some of us think that we're keeping God out. Well, guess what? He knows what's behind that fence. But we have to be willing to give it to him. 